Well, welcome back, friends. We are not trying to ghost you. We are... We've been struggling with a little bit of a cold, Stacy. Oh, uh, a big cold. Um, I yeah, like I I haven't gotten sick since before COVID. With a, it's weird. It's with weird, a cold. and you don't want to have a cough when you got COVID. No, and so and we've had sniffles and coughs. Yeah, I mean, I took a COVID test and it was negative. So I, you know, at least I know that it's not COVID. We but took three in the last. Like, I know ten days or well, so. And we're constantly. Around. We don't want to, right. And we're in a college setting with lots of yep. people from all over that, you know, obviously. So we want to be extra cautious, yeah. you know, that's one thing. Um, but definitely I did not expect this cold to wipe me out so much. I mean, and, and I, I didn't have a fever, but like I still had like the body aches and stuff, you know, and it's just, it, I, I guess exhausted yes. is the only real word that I could say is that it threw me into exhaustion. Yes. And I, um, I should say that uh, it feels like that's also coinciding with an overall like feeling of exhaustion. Yeah, period, right, yes. right. And I think that's uh, and because we <laughs> we've we've you know we came off of a summer where we were we we're seeing a lot of the ecological degradation that kind of bummed us out. We're hearing stories of um, you know people. Uh, we'll talk about in the future, you know, dying from COVID, um, coming close to death with COVID, right? Like yeah. Lake Tahoe's down. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it just, it's feeling but, and rough. I, and I also have to be completely honest in that um, the emotional uh, toll of kind of like going through um, like being empty nesters, you know? Yeah. It's, Dropping it was, our youngest yeah. off to college as much as we are so excited. Right. Um, you know, like what's the future about (laughs) now? Yeah. All of like that whole, that whole, um, that whole age bracket, I feel so horrible for them because (laughs) they took so long to like, a lot of them took so long to be able to experience college. They were also the same group that didn't get a full graduation. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so anyway. it's weird. Yeah. It's like, you're like kind of handing them off and you're not sure. Oh, I guess that already happened. Now there weren't those rights of passage that are so important for societies and but for individuals. Now here we are, you know, and, and the house is emptier, you know, um, yeah. the only thing I could say is that fortunately with, uh, with Bendy and all of her, our dog Bendy with all of her energy and yeah. everything. She loves the <laughs> she students. Keeps us, she keeps us moving. And also, um, you know, it's like a, every once in a while she helps with that sort of that emotional support, <laughs> you know, whatever is like, you know, like sometimes I walk by, uh, you know, what was Aiden's room there all, um, you know, and, and Aiden would always, you know, as I walk by would every time say, yeah. love you, mom. And yeah. like, I don't hear You don't hear love that. Yeah. There's, anymore, there's some of that too. Know? Yeah. So, that's why, you know, that, so that's kind of slowed us down a little bit. But we also are bringing to you, dear listener, this is kind of a bonus show where we're talking about uh, spiritual anarchy. It's, it's kind of a way of talking that I'm, I'm, I'm toying with because it isn't just about political philosophy. It's about that sense, the sense of emancipation from this idea that there's all these people that own us and that are dominating us, whether they're the priesthood or you know, bosses or, yeah. or kings or whatever, you know, I really believe that the way of Jesus, and this is what we're looking at through our, our previous series on protect your noggin with Jesus, mm-hmm. that Jesus sets us free to be bold, sets us free to know the truth, sets us free to, uh, to reject some of these false idols and, and, and false bosses mm-hmm. that get thrown in our way. And that there's some sense in which the Christian church itself tries to keep that from us. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about that in between songs, 
But I want to get right to the music. But I, I just want to say that what we're talking about with spiritual anarchy does not mean that all these people have the same kind of spiritual beliefs or anything like that. To me, it's about inspiration to say we're not alone. The best of music and literature is, is where it, it tells you you're not alone. It may be that there are few voices out there that are challenging the system as it is, yeah. whether it's religious or political or economic, then really challenging it from the roots and in, in a way that is well, f- following a, a nonviolent path. I mean, one that's, one that's not got hatred in the heart. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at sort of, you know, this world as <laughs> maybe a drawing board or whatever, it's like, why do we create the system to be as it is. Why, yeah. you know, why is it, especially in America that, you know, we work so many days, you yeah. know, um, and so many hours out of our week, you know, yeah. that, and I, you know, it's like, it, we've created this, like yeah. it doesn't have to be yeah, this but we way. Think it's like, we but, think it does. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's interesting because when I think about, you know, work and stuff, I know we've, um, you know, we've discussed this a little bit back in the show with um, Malik, we can put in the show notes, uh, what episode that was, but when he, he, from his perspective of how he saw Americans and Christianity too, um, from a foreigner's, uh, perspective, just addicted to and, productivity and yeah. And that the idea of how we view work and I was realizing, you know, and I, I think we mentioned this on the show, but like, again, you, we literally can get out of any commitment or in, or any <laughs> obligation or anything that's going on with a work excuse, because that's how much our society values work. Yeah. You know, that if that's, that's acceptable. If you can't come because you have to work, then that's totally acceptable. Um, you know, and that we get so little vacation time in general for most, you know, most full-time employees, um, you know, it it just, the whole way that we have this set up that we spend the majority of our lives sleeping and working. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, sleeping so we can get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, anyway, and I think it, you know, there's, and then shopping for the car that gets us to work. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And, and then, you know, one of your, one of your times, you know, like you have your day, you know, your day off or whatever it's, I'm sure it's full of chores and errands and all that kind of stuff. So you're lucky if you have one free day to, you know, do whatever you want. And I, yeah. I, I think that that's, you know, one of the things that we've tried to do is make, you know, Saturdays our day that, you know, we just Don't let's do put, anything. put things aside and then just whatever it is that we want, whatever we're feeling. I find that so often it just seems like we're so tired that we usually turn it into a rest day yeah. that we don't necessarily have to feel guilty about resting, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but again, like, you, you know, do need rest. Well, so this so this takes me to our first song because when I talk about spiritual anarchy, um, I do have actually some, uh, Christian anarchist bands that I'm going to, uh, show you in a second here, baby. But, um, but this first one actually is one of our favorites. Uh, she's a real, uh, interesting cat, Leslie fish. This song is called Avalon is risen. Uh, Leslie Fish and the DeHorn crew in the 60s would uh, play this stuff uh, known as Filk, F-I-L-K. It's kind of uh, folk for science fiction fans, kind of like, uh, you know, fans create fan fiction. Mm -hmm. This kind of fan folk music related to Star Trek and stuff. So it's sometimes got these pre-Christian roots sounds. Sometimes it's tied in with futuristic stuff. But one of the things... You know, when you think about spiritual 
anarchy um, that you do find every once in a while is a kind of uh, paganism, but not like Greco-Roman paganism, pre-Christian, pre-Roman, Celtic kind mm-hmm. of, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, what European um, tribal religion that gets a little closer to what like the Native Americans would be doing, right? And you'd say, well, if you take this too literally, then yeah, we're not into that. But but there's something about this bygone era mm-hmm. when we were closer to the land. You know, they kind of think about mm-hmm. a Celtic spiritually generally, whether you call it Christian or not, but really attending to nature and the flow of nature and our empowerment and especially women's empowerment prior to this domination system that is pretty patriarchal. So, mm, so well, it has like an old timey feel to me. Yeah, there's like old, a, it reminds us in, like the old yeah, England yeah, stuff, you know, yeah, the old thatched houses. Yeah. So. Here we go. Leslie Fish Avalon is risen. Hail the day so long expected When the gates are open wide Magic sold and new collected Have restored the ancient pride Through a fairy's wide dominion Hear the trumpet swoop and soar Avalon is risen, is risen, is risen Amen. 
Anyway, that's fun. And and by the way, friends, we're trying to give you stuff that's a little more listenable, you know. Um, <laughs> there, there have been times as you've been, um, you know, kind of exploring some of the, these music. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can listen. Well, I'll tell you, again. I put them in the honorable mentions. Uh, one being Borgazur, uh, Christian Anarchy. It's a Christian uh, black metal band from the Netherlands, and it's kind of uh, screaming. And so mm. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. But I, I just I. Didn't really want to listen to it again. I I, I can't. It's maybe a fault of mine. You maybe, certainly don't like it. Well, no, and you know maybe I don't know. For those of you that are really into eighties type mm. heavy metal rock yes. kind of thing, like it, gets, it yeah. resonates with some of that in my mind. But yeah. I, I just to me, I I can only handle so much. Um, Yelling and screaming, <laughs> and, and and I'm sensitive yeah. to noise. Anyway, yes, you are. Sometimes you, know? you even get mad, like at, at funk bands, if it just gets too stimulating. Yeah, you know? well, and that, yeah, you're not actually it. mad at them, but it no, 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 I just get overwhelmed. And... You you also might consider Crash Dog, which is really your classic Christian punk uh, from the '90s. So there is another Christian mm. anarchist band that I did not include this round, just because this is stuff that I kind of like to listen to a little bit more. It's Maybe I'm old now, you know, <laughs> um, but uh, but b- before we go farther, um, I want to talk a little bit about Leo Tolstoy to kind of give you a better sense of what I mean by spiritual anarchy and the music that I'm after, because these these artists are not all like Christian anarchists by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the idea that you can even see in the title, uh, Leo Tolstoy, the kingdom of God is within you, Christianity, not as a mystic religion, but as a new theory of life. That's kind of what I want to explore. Um, and we've already kind of started to explore on this bonus show. But there's a, a couple lines from this book that I wanted to, to cite for you just to kind of give you a sense of what he's after. He is not like uh, some of these other, like uh, some of these other Christian anarchists that are more Anabaptist, mm. although he appreciates them. He's, he's a little bit more of a rationalistic kind of Christian. He sees it um, as an emancipatory philosophy of life mm-hmm. that you don't need to, to couple with, the uh, uh, like the supernatural like uh, miracle stuff if you don't want mm. you can have that or not but it's there's something to it that's really important but you don't need to get caught up in the the doctrines uh, there's something very clear that Jesus teaches mm-hmm. and it's liberating right and it's not just this world it's like it's like a whole way of viewing life right um, and he says not as a mystic religion a lot of people use mystic to to mean kind of woo woo. You know, whereas I think that what he's doing is precisely mystic. That's a side issue here. Here's what he says. The significance of the gospel is hidden from believers by the church, from unbelievers by science. I think that's really heavy. He, you know, continues to explore it. But the idea he says is that we basically have a lot of people that use the church for control. Mm -hmm. We want the kids to believe in heaven and hell to keep them in line. But ultimately when they grow up, we're going to tell them it's not really real. Mm. And therefore they can throw out, all of those nice 
seeming things Mm -hmm. like loving your enemies, Mm -hmm. uh, loving your neighbor as yourself, Mm -hmm. um, caring about people in prison, right? All those things that are actually really important pieces of anarchist concern uh, get tossed out because it's the system that wants to use the parts of Christianity or religion in general that it can, and then it tosses it. On the other hand, there's a lot of other people feeling cramped by religion, cramped by Christianity. They're the scientific types. And they too because of their, uh, their fear of anything that smacks of religion or spirituality, um, they sometimes miss something that's helpful. And this is actually true for a lot of actual anarchists who uh, very often are going to say, you know, no gods, no masters, no gurus, no priests, none of it. And so anything that sounds religious or spiritual that has like a hierarchical worldview mm-hmm. is going to be a problem. And they, they see that the church has been in bed with power for so long that, that it's not to be trusted. But you also have something much more dangerous very often uh, than, than, you know, evangelical kids going to put wells in in Africa to me is um, a kind of social Darwinism of late 19th century England. Mm-hmm. We got the poor house, put people in jail for debt, a cold, godless, brutal economic worldview. And I, I don't think that's much more helpful. Now, maybe Stacy and I are wrong friends. Certainly not <laughs> a world that I would love to But that's not what in. we're after, right? So we want there to be dancing. We want there to be myth. We want there to be, you know, like a not a, a black and white world. Mm-hmm. Because it's that black and white world that sometimes, I think, allows us to fall back into the inevitability of the cold economic system we're in. That's why I like that kind of pagan sounding Munich music, uh, by like, you know, the folk of, uh, of, uh, of Leslie fish anyway. Well, and I, you know, there's, I don't know, there's that, that piece of, of sort of magic and wonderment. Magic's I, what, it, the wonderment <laughs> and magic and the sublime is what I'm after, baby. Um, That's right. Like even just when I was, you know, and, so blessed with being able to um, just watch all these butterflies, but yes. like how this thing, you know, starts out as like this like caterpillar like thing, right? Builds this little like cocoon, and you could say that's all scientific, and then comes out as <laughs> yes. you know a thing that can fly, you know, right. something that was like usually stuck so low to the ground now can take off and and fly, and and anyway, I just there's there's something that was so. Um, I don't know, like awe-inspiring in watching that whole process yeah, um, and being able to have the time to see it. Because I, I think the other thing is that normally I would have probably walked right by and maybe noticed, you know, one of the... This is good. Yeah, one of the chrysalis and then realized, you know, like, oh, like, huh. And then I wouldn't know when the butterfly... And I would just notice, oh, yeah, the butterfly is gone. <laughs> you know, that kind right. of thing. Like, but this I was able... Like, I now understand the whole process and it... I mean... <laughs> From an observer point of view, yeah. <laughs> um, and I love the magic behind it. I love the, that's the it. wonder. If you want to of... call it magic, that's that's where we're at. Because yeah. see, that's what I'm talking about. Spiritual anarchy is a way of envisioning a different world that allows you to take time for the mystical joy. I'll call it mystical yeah, joy of see, seeing yeah. of seeing the butterfly instead of just seeing everything as a commodity. Yeah. In, you know. And so anyway, this actually reminds me of why we went to Kentucky in the first place. Because we were, I was in the band with Chris Frohart and John David Johnson, and sometimes we got Scott Copeland back in the game. We were called the Bloodhound Shuffle. We're playing some Appalachian music. And we really like that that 
that sound. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go down there in into the Appalachians, into the hollers. And that's where a lot of uh, like early you know 19th century anarchism really took hold mm-hmm. because you had a very truly spiritual and very truly Christian anarchism in that area because you had a lot of non- hierarchical church representation. People that didn't even go to church, they were very Bible-based, but you also had the Anabaptists, you had the Baptists, you had people who didn't believe in bishops. I mean, even just your Baptists, the Baptist churches, they're congregationalist, mm-hmm. they're local. Mm-hmm. And, and so they would always oppose statism. Gotcha. Um, the problem is with the Civil War, people that were anarchists ended up siding very often with the federal government just because they didn't think there was another choice. Mm. Because normally an anarchist is going to be a fan of states' rights. Heck, we're a fan of not states' rights, but the local autonomous uh, control of our lives. But what if in those local spheres we want to hold slaves? Well, now that's not very free at all. So that really kind of screwed the whole thing up. Plus you had the uh, essentially the police and the private uh, groups that physically beat into submission anarchists that didn't want to work for, for cheap wages and have their kids work in coal mines and all this. But it was in the labor movements of Appalachia that you actually see a lot of real Christian anarchism in, uh, in, in their ideas and music and their publications and stuff. Yeah. And there's I mean, not- from my experience of, of living there to me, it, it you know, I, I could see where th- that, peace could be there there's a free love of freedom but unfortunately like the area was just so you know once you spent any time there then you start to see how where the power is yeah. and how they use it well and, and that old thing got demoralized and know, yeah and, and the and the the a lot of the times the labor unions were beaten down or t- were taken mm-hmm. over but i want to say that so a lot of the songs that i've got for us today actually are kind of one of one of the themes I've got here is these these songs that go back to the sounds of Appalachian anarchy before the Christian right mm. took it over. Because what they did is they got a bunch of Democrats, essentially, they a lot of times de- Democratic-leaning unionists. Um, uh, they they took took over that area and said, if you don't vote for Republicans, you're a baby killer. You're you know mm. you know, and so they they just they just kind of shifted that away. And I think. For the worst, because a lot of people in West Virginia and in Kentucky, they could really value some uh, a different way of being. Yeah. They're getting crushed by the industrialization of the capitalist West, and yet they think that they are bound to it as kind of part of the culture wars. Mm. So I'm trying to show a different way that you could be a Christian and a Southern man or woman and and be a fan of some of these uh, ideas of freedom. So this is a riot folk, AKA Ryan Harvey, peace, justice, and anarchy. Now, you know, I should say that the sound uh, that you're going to hear is more of like a, a influence of like a kind of a, a folk punk sound, mm-hmm. but the themes and the inspirations I think are like a lot of the Guthrie stuff and, 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 and so forth for, uh, for Ryan Harvey. But, uh, so this is not the Appalachian sound yet. We'll get to that, but this is just kind of that inspiration of what the kind of songs would be like but put into a new idiom. Here again, peace, justice, and anarchy. And one of the other reasons I wanted to include it is because we think of anarchy and sometimes we don't think of peace. We think of chaos. So that's the spiritual value. That's the space to look at the the butterfly. Here we go. This country ain't nothing but a company's dream. A couple hundred million workers. 
of all that they see Our hands and the tools, money writing the rules From the sweatshop prisons to the cops in the schools Got the middle class living like it's gonna last Working longer, harder hours for less and less cash Got the media spins, Republican twins Got the war profiteer for great executive grins Got the heroin running through the veins of the poor Got the ghettos locked down, paying blood for the war Got the cities decay, the dealers to pay And the death squads working for the CIA Got a million new jobs inside a thousand new jails Outsourcing the unions, profit tipping the scales Got a brainwashed youth, a trumped up truth Got snipers armed with rifles on the factory roof You got a 30 minute speech full of oohs and ahs Got the cops armed tough out there breaking the laws Got the front row seat to your own defeat You got the tear gas canisters filling the street You got the laws all written in the white, trick the rest of them fools into the army to fight. In a dead end game, each war the same. You got a land and a people and a market to claim. Got a woman beaten down everywhere that you look. In the schools, in the jails, in the courts, in the books. Got the TV set, set systems outlet. Got a culture full of men talk the fall for that shit. Yeah, and I do too. I'm not blaming you, but I'm trying to unlearn what they said was true. Yeah, and I need help. I'm not a to say it, it's a subliminal tool Sometimes it's hard to see it You got the job in the office You got your own room You got the pen and the paper And the drive to consume Got the suit pressed in Got the myth that you'll win And the race to replace true you're gonna move up the ladder at the company's speed Gotta learn to dance quick to the company's greed Gotta justify every step that you can With your eyes closed tight and your head in the sand You gotta fight the desire to fight the police You gotta fight your heart and your every belief You gotta trust the leader, whatever he says With the flag held high, yeah, you're already dead You already gave up if you took their advice If you play their game, you paid their price And you're gone Coming back till you realize your potential is your fist in the air. See if we look to each other and ourselves and ignore the phony remedies they stock on the shelves. We can undermine the greed on which the system depends and hope to build a new world based on lovers and friends. We gotta build from the bottom what we want at the top. We gotta work together if we want this to stop. From the thick grassroots to the top of the tree, I aim for peace. And justice and anarchy, I want peace. And justice and anarchy, I want peace. And justice and anarchy, I want peace. And justice and anarchy. All right, now, uh, lest you think that all of this stuff is old timey, <laughs> um, our next, uh, our next song here is Surveillance Capitalism by Evan Greer. And it just taps into something that I think, even if you're not with us on spiritual anarchism in general, I'm sure you might be worried as well about the surveillance that happens with everything we do online, oh, right? Like all of a sudden now I'm starting to see, you know, a bunch of battery ads because I was shopping for a battery. It's and not, yeah. I mean, gosh, it's not even just online. Like, I mean, there's I mean, like what? Almost every house has ring, right? Or mm. some sort of camera. 
there's, you know what I mean? There's any store you walk into, obviously traffic lights often <laughs> nowadays, like so much of everything is being recorded. Yeah. You know? our, our computers have, you know, obviously cameras and our, you know, and our phones as well. So it's just, it is crazy. It's everywhere. So I like, uh, I like this stuff. This is new. This is, this is stuff that's come out in the last couple of years. So again, this is Evan Greer, Surveillance Capitalism. We live in capitalism. Its power seems inescapable. So did the divine right of the king. Once consent was manufactured. Now it's harvested for clicks. Algorithms make decisions. Filter bubbles make us sick. We're all connected to machines. Hate every second, but we just can't look away. We all want to be seen, but behind the screen, there's a nightmare dressed up as a dream. And we can't wake up. Private companies. to maybe a little bit more on old-timey side, um, we'll, we'll shift, shift it out. But what were you thinking, Stacey? I, you know, when you mentioned, like, with the, the capitalism piece, right, and mm. always, you know, selling us stuff, there, there is a piece of it 
that is still helpful too, right? What? That oh. when, <laughs> that, you know, if you are in the market for something, they're going to like, you know, advertise a couple things. Sometimes like, I'll, sometimes I'll click the that... button that says, I'd like to see ads tailored to me. Right. No, so. it's not just about that. I think it's just about this idea that we were worried about some big government you know, taking us, you yeah, know, and, it's, and it's carting the, us away. It's what we're, people are selling. To we're us. doing it to ourselves, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we we have these desires. We fulfill the desires, and uh, we get new desires. And by those desires, it's a it's a strange uh, strange cycle. Um, you know, uh, to Tolstoy again. I wanted to give you another couple of quotes uh, throughout uh, our our time together. But um, one of the things I think is really nice about uh, some forms of anarchism uh, that that I like are kind of the stuff that's nostalgic for me growing up as a hippie kid, the back to nature types, which is you got guns to protect yourself and, and for outdoorsy stuff. You're not into the big gun culture, but you're also preserving your rights and your own autonomy. But you also have like a a, a mutualist kind of vibe where you're looking out for a smaller group of neighbors. Sometimes it could get you know, like an actual commune, right? We, yeah. we, we explored that, but it doesn't have to be. It's that idea of looking out for your neighbors, not just looking out for yourself, but not really trusting the big centralized state, you know, to do everything. Um, and what is this? People are, are afraid of this. When we say to the people, Hey, like Jesus teaches us that we can like think what we think we should think and, mm-hmm. and be the true selves mm-hmm. that we know we should be. People say, no, no, there. A lot of my colleagues and friends have even said straight up, "I need religion to kind of whip me into shape. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be free, right? I don't want to let my true self. My true self's too disgusting. It's too dangerous. Well, it's too sinful. And it is scary. I mean, if you if you have to start thinking and making decisions and yeah, you know, and use you know your conscience and yeah. values and morals that's a lot of pressure. Whatever else you might be interpreting from the Bible or whatever else is going to be your guide. Right. Um, it's a lot of pressure on an individual to be able to fully differentiate between what's right and wrong or what's the best thing going forward. And sometimes it's easier just to have people tell you what that is. That's right. And so this is what, uh, Tolstoy calls the social doctrine. What he means is, uh, there's this idea but he associates with more of the like the Greek and Roman paganism that these are the rules. Here's how society works. And it's going to be just safest for us all if we kind of follow these traditions. And the Christian comes along and says there's no Greek or Jew, slave nor free, male nor female. That leveling of things is really, is really dangerous because now we can't just rely on Hammurabi's code or the Ten Commandments or something just to keep us in line. We're relying on the law of love. Uh, well, if you don't have it in your own heart for people, it sounds terrifying. Mm. Here's what he says. He says, uh, you know, the social doctrine said, quote, live in opposition to your nature. And he uh, understood this only according to the animal nature is what Tolstoy says. Make it subject to the external law of family, society, and state. So that's the, that's the social doctrine. The Christian says, or what Tolstoy means is the Christians should say, live according to your nature, understood by this, the divine nature, your true self, right? Yourself mm-hmm. in the image of God. Do not make it subject to anything, neither you, an animal self, nor that of others, and you will attain the very aim to which you are striving when you subject your external self. What he's saying is that the true value of Christianity is this idea 
of becoming your true self, mm-hmm. being liberated to be that true self because you're not out to just screw people over because of your addiction to uh, money, power, and glory. Right. But our true self is a communal self. I mean, if you, if you think about it, what's, what is the Tao of humanity? By which I mean, like, what if you just observe nature, what's the flow? What's the way we are? Primates or primates, they operate well in small groups of, you know, 80 to 150, um, you know, bipeds. So that's how we work best. And it's not when we're trying to all uh, screw each other over. That's when we're unhealthy. That's when we're not feeling good, you know. And so the Christian doctrine of the, the way we should live together, according to Tolstoy, is not some bizarre artificial thing. Mm -hmm. It really is the ultimate realization of the way we are when we're at our best. What got in the way? All these warlords that wanted to take stuff Mm -hmm. and they wanted to be worshipped as gods and, you know. You know, like, I've been thinking the part about, you know, what following orders or whatever are being told, you know, what to believe or what to think and sometimes that there's an attractiveness to that. I mean, do you think that people also are trying, I don't know, do you think somehow in some way it allows them to maybe feel less culpable when they're doing things that, you know, um, that maybe they kind of wonder, you know, like I was told to do this, but I'm not sure. And so like, especially I would think in your work life or whatever, maybe there's something you're not quite sure is totally ethical, but if it's the way the company runs or whatever, um, that's just how we do business. Right. It's Uh, funny that you mentioned that because Tolstoy then goes on in this book to just talk about how most of us are living with that deep guilt. Like we're demoralized because we secretly know that almost every step along the way, we're implicated in the system that is crushing people. Like if I have a nice watch, it's because some Umbuti pygmies were enslaved. So we don't want to think about it. We don't want to think about it. And we want to think that somebody else set up the rules that we aren't setting up these rules. Right, right. And I mean, obviously, we we can't get out of it quickly and easily. Uh, what, what, Tol- what Tolstoy says is, you know, it, it's like a, a, he compares it to a bunch of bees on a branch that are about to swarm and, and go to a different spot. We, we've been checking out like beekeeping and so forth. And what happens is they'll, they'll kind of be together and then maybe they're leaving a, a site and they're going to go to a new hole in a new tree. They're going to follow the queen, but how do they move? They got to go like the first one breaks off and then all of a sudden they all start breaking off, but it's really scary to break off from the system. But not only that, this is a passage that really just, I found really heavy because I think a lot of people are in this zone where he talks about the inner suffering that people experience when they're part of the system. Mm. He writes, quote, we are all brothers, but I live on a salary paid me for prosecuting, judging and condemning the thief or the prostitute whose existence the whole tenor of my life tends to bring about and who I know ought not to be punished, but reformed. We are all brothers, but I live on the salary I gain by collecting taxes from needy laborers to be spent on the luxuries of the rich and idle. We are all brothers, but I take a stipend for preaching a false Christian doctrine, which I do not myself believe in and which only serves to hinder men from understanding true Christianity. I take a stipend as priest or bishop for deceiving men in the matter of the greatest importance to them. We are all brothers, but I will not give the poor the benefit of my educational, medical, or literary labors, except for money. We're all brothers, yet I take a salary for being ready to commit murder 
for teaching men to murder or making firearms, gunpowder, or fortifications. Now, he goes on and on, and if you didn't hear yourself condemned in that, maybe I didn't read long enough. (laughs) But, But that's kind of the game where kind of like, you know, in like the concentration camps, they would take some people that were imprisoned and put them over other people. Yeah. So they start to tolerate hierarchy because at least they've got some part. They got some sort of power there. Yeah. They have they have a place in in that world, right? But the only way for us to get out of it is for us to all just make a move together. So uh, and as we kind of think about that, this is a song by Emma's Revolution, Swimming to the Other Side. Um, Emma's Revolution, Swimming to the Other Side. And I really dig the themes of a lot of the the folk punk outfits, but like I said, some of it's hard for me to listen to for extended periods of time. This has got harmonies and guitar tones that are healing, at least from I, part of the I mix. I enjoy Emma's. Revolution. I think I heard you listening to Emma's uh, Revolution last night. For the times that I'm interested in listening to something like the Wailing Jennies or something like yeah. that, that this, or we we fell in love listening to the Indogo Girls yeah, back in Costa Rica the, in the nineties. There's a 90s. piece of this that um, that I, I see some you know some familiarity there with with that yeah. and i and i i have a special spot in my heart for so here's some uh, some anarchist healing for you with that that kind of folksy sound we are living beneath the great big dipper we are washed by the very same rain we are swimming in the stream together some in power and some in pain we can worship this ground we walk on Cherishing the beings that we live beside Loving spirits will live forever We're all swimming to the other side I am alone, I am searching Hungering for answers in my time I am balanced at the brink of wisdom I'm impatient to receive a sign I move forward with my senses open Perfection and be my crime. In humility, I will listen. We're all swimming to the other side. We are living beneath the great big dipper. We are washed by the very same rain. We are swimming in the stream together. Some in power and some in vain. We can worship this ground we walk on. My head, my heart I am gathering the tools together I'm preparing to do my part All of those who've come before me Band together and be my guide Loving lessons that I will follow We're all swimming to the other side We are Side. 
Lest we don't get at least you know enough spice, I do have something for you here. It's kind of like you want to throw in a little bit of uh, capers, <laughs> or you could throw in uh, you know uh, some horseradish into a sandwich. But you don't want to eat a purely. A uh, I do. Little, I would. I would probably eat a horseradish. Right. This is the Salters. The Salters, and this is their uh, their song "Dumpster Divers." This is explicitly Christian anarchist music with an Eastern European Romani gypsy vibe. Uh, it's definitely Christian counterculture if there ever was one. I encourage you to go check out what they look like. The band is like what you would expect a Christian, a real Christian anarchist outfit to sound like. Um, but uh, what I think is fun about this one, as we get close to the end, if you go to church, friends, you know, you hear a lot of talking, some music. And then towards the end, some people eat some, uh, some wine and, and bread or some grape juice and crackers. Here, they're going to make reference to kind of communion with a bunch of poor people at the dumpster. Well, poor people and anarchists that are intentionally eaten out of the dumpster. So, um, enjoy. Come now and join the feast from the greatest to the very least. Come now and join the feast right here in the belly of the beast. Captain soldiers, you can come to just lay down your guns and come on through. Best people, get ready your stuff. Oh, the greatest 
Now, how could we get through volume two without your, probably your favorite artist right now? Who am I thinking of? <laughs> uh, that would be Mike Love. Mike Love. You get uh, yourself not, not a little... From the... Beach Boys. Not for the Beach Boys, Mike Love, but the Hawaiian <laughs> Rastafarian prophet. He's like John the Baptist. Mm. We we know what his music sounds like, and we we see him a lot, you know. But mainly, it's because we want to, I think, see him talking to the people and and, and, mm-hmm. and giving us some love and inspiration, yeah. you know. Yeah. What do you what, like? What What are some of the things that you notice about what what he's about? Oh well, you know? I we just got I, the I mean, vinyl on the mail the other day. Yeah. One of, well, one of the things too that I. When I hear other people that have um, toured with him or even, you know, been around him at all is how much they say that who he is on stage is the exact person that he is off stage as well. Um, And that he just is, he has a really good heart. He's consistent. And he has, he has love, you know, for, for everybody. He wants to see a world that is, is different that that yeah. uh you know that in, that does like have love and and he's gonna start with it he's gonna start loving you and see if right. that can can be s- spread right. you know right and i think he, like, he reminds it's like it he, he's like the sermon i want to hear if you take a if you set aside the rastafarian doctrine about Haile Selassie or whatever he, he doesn't spend a lot of time there but like if you're talking about the other stuff he really captures what i think John the Baptist and Jesus would be talking about if they live today. Well, and what I see in him too is a consistency. It seems in like who he is, what he sings about and all of that. I've heard sometimes there's some folks that they'll like pick up on something because they think, Oh, that's popular or whatever. Right. right? But like there are other pieces in their life that very much conflict (laughs) with what, you know, the kinds of things they are talking about in their lyrics. Right. And I, I I don't see that with him. I I see kind of a what you see is what you get kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but with um, like a, I guess a, a trueness into like a whole cohesive life that he's forming for himself or that it has formed or whatever. Does yeah. That make sense? Yeah. Like I mean, right? Like recently, so I, even if I don't always agree with him, because I don't always. <laughs> right. Um, I appreciate. And value what he has to his say sincerity. and his yeah. sincerity. Yes. Interestingly, uh, in the news recently, there are some uh, people complaining about Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, who was this, you know, kind of uh, image, you know, with with, with the young people for a kind of uh, anarchist radical spirit. And he's working with the New York Times, getting part of the establishment, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. like seeing Gwen Stefani on The Voice or something. And last time I was talking about the the volume one of spiritual anarchism, I was saying, hey, just because they're making a living, what what are you going to do? But I do see that that there is that that move that I don't think Mike Love would make. I, I, I can't see Mike Love really being happy on the on the Voice or uh, or being a part of the mainstream no, I don't think because I think I think what what he shares with uh, with Tolstoy in terms of uh, I think a Christian anarchism is this. Uh, I'll read one last quote from Tolstoy. Quote, revolutionary enemies attack the government from without. Christianity does not attack it at all, but from within it destroys all the foundations on which government rests. This is what I like about Mike Love. He doesn't, he doesn't get angry. He doesn't fight, but he does see that there is something to be political about. And what, 
what is there to be and political about? And he takes it seriously. Takes it, yeah. And what he does is he challenges the very assumptions on which the domination system rests. Yeah. Whether it's the way we treat animals or the way we treat each other. In this song, his probably most famous song, which is an amazing song to see live. Because he just does all the little I, parts and he, he and samples it. And I didn't it. understand this song actually until I saw it live. Yeah, so you got to understand. He's saying this stuff and he's, and, he's, and he's sampling it himself and he's looping it with his little pedals. Right. So he records himself and then continues recording and then it fills out the entire yeah. song. So it, it's... All of maybe him. if you, if if it's in a great song, but uh, if you see it, maybe on a video too, that'll help you. Uh, maybe we'll link to that on the show notes oh, yeah, at protectionknocking.org. Yeah, yeah. But this is a winner, and I've had students say, "Hey, I've thought a lot about all the different parts of this song and its lyrics, basically challenging this idea that we should be working constantly, uh, and that that's the only thing that matters, and it's money, money, money." Here we go, Mike Love, not the Beach Boy.
I rev make sell I change man words I be I own I be nip like mind strong in take I seek rev make life sell brace I be change seek man fast words be I fuse be press I make own sis I won't be manipulated mind control and in and take that I will seek a revelation make my life a celebration I will be the change and seeking manifest the words and speaking I refuse to be impressed I will make my own heart I wanna be manipulated mind controlling and undated I will seek the revelation make my life a celebration I wanna be the change I'm seeking manifest the words I'm speaking I refuse to be imprisoned I will make my own decisions Humanity, we're not this tea, our final word. To take back the night. 
the knowledge or take back the power. All right. Number seven, Rising Appalachia. How can I get through without... Now, Rising Appalachia, they've, they've like lived on a sailboat. They are everything that if I were a couple sisters living in, in the South and wanted to see the world and travel, that's, that's what I'd want to be. I want to do what they're doing. I'm envious in a good way. Um, uh, this song, Scale Down, is a song that just kind of, I think, embodies their aesthetic and what that what that vibe is like, what is it that it would be like, you know? And, and I said, I envy them. I envy them hanging out with a few, like, you know, little bowls of ramen as they're traveling through, you know, the Midwest in a van. It's minimalist, but they're having a lot of fun, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I really, I really like these folks. And, uh, you know, it reminds me that even when we were in, Kentucky, some of the folk music and some of the bluegrass music that we saw, there was some really powerful political pushback to uh, the injustices of society, but it was in, it was in the music, you know, and it was in the music of local people that we knew, even our English professor friend who lived down the street, Mm. he had a, a 103 albums, but they were all in, you know, what he meant by an album was every time he had 12 songs. He'd stick all those songs in a notebook, and that was an album, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Rising Appalachia, scale down. Stand up, look around, and then scale that down too. Stand up, look around, and then scale that down too. Stand up, look around, and then scale that down too. Stand up, look around. Yet somehow subdued and hard by those 
so don't you too shut out nasty stinking truth things here we go get the fuck out your car walk is good for you stop it to me blindly and get my own mad that you do Everybody's got a lot to say about everybody else. But it's our own transgression that always tends to melt away and fade into that critique of whose fault or whose blame or who's wrong. Oh, no, no, each and every one of us, we are doing something that's too hard or too fast or too long, and there's none but ourselves to make this thing last. None but ourselves. Take a long, hard look at you, a long, long, hard look at you, Lord. It starts there. Everybody take a long, hard look at you, a long, hard look at you. Oh, no, it starts there. Everybody take a long, hard look at you, a long, hard look at you. next track is by Lesser Beggars. You're not going to have an easy time finding them, and I will say, sometimes with your anarchist music, it's a lot of do-it-yourself stuff. They don't want for good reason to be on uh, the main platforms right. other than for exposure. They don't get any money. You know, right. really, like iTunes really kind of rips them off. Mm. So you can go to their stuff, download it, give them some money directly, 
And uh, I think that's a good way to go. Lesser Beggars, Bread and Circus. This is another explicitly Christian anarchist band. And uh, they have a helpful way of weaving biblical themes into the conversation for folks who want to understand how all this connects with their their churchy upbringing. Uh, but it also helps. I like this song because it kind of gives you a little bit of a, um, a narrative for like how a biblical view of the world along these anarchist lines would make sense.
Now this next one, Stacey, we spent hours trying to find it again. Do you remember what I'm thinking of now? You don't know? <laughs> I, well. We were in the car. I, know, I said, I, I want to hear I, this song. I just don't know the name of it, but I know exactly. What was the line? Um, it was about the the hippies, right? The hippie life. The hippie you don't life. know what it's like to be a hippie till you live this life. And I said, baby, I'm driving the truck. Yeah. I said, would you just type that into the... And it didn't come and up. nothing came up. From the lyrics, yeah. Nothing came up with the lyrics. Well, that's probably because Alcyon Massive is not massive in terms of the number of people like Googling them, right? So there's, you know, search engine stuff. Well, and I think the reason that we heard it in the first place is that you were looking for local to Oregon. Uh, Portland music. Portland I was making music. a Portland thing, and he's got a lot of songs about Portland. Right, and so that was sort of, you know, how, how, you, how you found him in the first place. And then, it was, and then it was going on this Portland playlist that you had, but it was a massive pay- playlist, so it wasn't easy yeah. to like. Right, so we were listening to all the songs. the same songs. Well, this song is called What It's Like, and I love, it. I love his stuff. He kind of does a little reggae, a little rap. He's, you know, white dude with uh, another white dude with uh, the, the dreadlocks, but he's wonderful, and he's very spiritual. He's a little trippy. Okay. I, I love the playfulness of this. It's playfulness, song. but he's also really serious about yeah. kind of rethinking civilization and society. In a way, he can kind of get along with the like the state of Jefferson kids, like the the kind of libertarian, uh, like kind of anarcho capitalists, the the kind of more of like the anarchist right and the anarchist left, because he's like spiritual you know what I'm saying well and I get and I was reading you know sort of his backstory and he had a very close friend of his die and it made him kind of rethink I think it was his best friend but um, it made him sort of rethink his entire life and and the meaning of life and I like those kind of artists and so yeah so everything that he's singing he's he's feeling um and and sort of had his whole life kind of took a whole whole different change after this significant, you know, event event in his life. So, here we go, Alcyon Massive, what it's like, the hippie life. You talk about the hippie? What is the hippie? Where does the name come from, hippie? Why don't you talk about the younger generation, the people who are changing? Why don't you talk about the people who know what's happening and don't agree with the old line of thinking? Why don't you talk about the people who believe in brotherly love and nothing else? Myself hippie, do an art hippie, but rather be writing songs if you're pretty strong hippie and I'm fairly educated. But when it came to college, I'm sorry, I never graduated. This was all anticipated by my higher self. And the craziest of ways, and I'm amazed at all the ways it helped. The fear melts in the presence of love, so I surround myself with those who help lift me up. And when I get caught in an ego trap, I know all my hippie homies, they got my back. They suggest good books, and they're all good cooks, and they never make a fun of the way that I look. I love my friends, 
but especially the hippies. Been this way since the day the hippie bug bit me. And I've been seeing all kinds of things. Oh, oh, you don't know what it's like to be a hippie till you live this life. We've got the Bobby Kitty hookups on the hookups. Fresh is stop the fresh. We got that good food and clean water. Yeah, now check it out. Tonight, I'm cooking up a stir fry. On the side, so honey, don't be shy. Feed yourself, oh baby, yo, you're looking just fine. Then I'm pass you a glass of the OG wine. Don't worry, it's certified, it's biodynamic. So don't be a hater, yo, we got a 94 up in one spectator. Yes, sir, we got some good stuff growing. See, collecting, dispensing, seed sowing. Time for harvest, headed to the farmer's market where we get to barter with my favorite farmers and artists. And I get my goods from those in my hood. Support my community the way that I should. Try to be a good hit. We try to be a role model, you might catch me with a lager, but I also got my water bottle. You don't know what it's like to be a hippie till you live this life. We've got the Bobby Kitty hookups on the hookups. Fresh is stuff the fresh. We got that good food and clean water. Life is truly black. To keep me smiling, I need some prizes like early sunrises and galactic alignments. You can catch me on the solstice mountain climbing. Trevaya on my back, y'all know we rock the ergo at the festies, rock the vibe. But this is the way y'all roll, yo. Some call it mojo, I call it magic and it tips of cultivation. But for now, it's automatic hope. So when I let it flow, the people let me know about their smiles and the spirits running this show. 'Cause when the temple's clean, yeah, it's like a running stream flowing from the source, manifesting our dreams. I like my collard green mixed up with butter beans. I call that one from all this one, and so respect the queen. <laughs> Yo, I'll be what I be. I prefer Bohemian, but y'all can call me hippie. You don't know what it's like to be a hippie till you live this. Baby, this brings us to our 10th and final song, Wooden Shoe Ramblers. What I like about this, this is brand new anarchist folk. This came out in 2021, and I love the title of their album, In the Ruins They've Left Us, We'll Plant Gardens Still. Stacy, I don't know. We were naming some years, you know, like the year of the dance, and then I dance too much, or the year of fearlessness, or the year of no fear. Anytime we I don't name care. a year, it's... I don't care. Maybe it's just part of the game, but Stacy. Isn't there something kind of interesting about this? What do you do when you see like so many things falling apart or not holding up? You know, you could give up. Yeah. Right. Well, I know that um, one of the things is 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 to try to be the juggler, trying to keep it all up and hold it up. Ain't is, happening. 
is exhaustion. Yeah. Um, is, uh, and, and really it's not realistic and it's, it, it can drive somebody, um, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to say crazy, but like it can, it can, it takes a toll and, and it's, I would argue probably at some point impossible. So sometimes there is value. Okay. I'm so afraid of what I'm juggling. What, you know, what does happen when yeah. it all falls apart? And guess what? Usually it's not as bad as yeah. what we envision or fear. Yeah, sometimes right? we didn't need those things anyway. You know, when I look at <laughs> some of the death doula stuff, right? Right. When people are trying to juggle all There's these a liberation things. when they can stop juggling. There is. And, and there is, um, you know, anyway. So I know that obviously, like, it's different for people, but I think in general, like when, when you feel that you're in that spot in your life, uh, it's not a healthy place to continue to constantly be the, the juggler. If you're being beaten down then friends and you feel like, you know, that everyone's trying to exact the last, you know, dollar out of you and squeeze the last juice out of you, uh, you're not alone. No. And maybe, maybe it's going to be really hard right now. But it's, oh, it's not it. Well, yeah. I know it's gonna be really hard right now. <laughs> what I'm saying is, maybe it's right really hard for you to even see how you could um, dance in the gardens. Mm. You know that you, that you were creating out of the collapse of of bad ideas. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are other people that had that hope, and if enough of us join together and and look toward that repair of the world, not repairing the civilization that let us down but repairing that human community and that mutuality and that love for one another and, and singing and music and folk art and all of this, uh, that's perfectly possible. It happens all the time. Empires come and go and cultures within those empires thrive, move, adapt. We've got this. Mm-hmm. We can do this. And friends, we wish you as we close out with this last song. Well, one thing real, really quick I'll say, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to live in a neighborhood where there are multiple families that they were all friends that if, you know, if I needed anything, you know, I could always just go over to their house and get the egg or the milk or whatever. If I was hungry and right. my mom didn't make dinner, I could go over there and eat dinner. <laughs> I mean, like right. all these different, like I'm just saying, um, and there was, you know, they, it, Basically, everybody was watching each other's vehicles and stuff. So there's somebody was kind of weird coming on yeah. the street. I mean, there were sometimes there were uh, almost vehicle thefts and mm-hmm. things that they were able to, like people were paying attention. And that's the anarchist ideal. Right. It's and not so, about no law and order. It's about law and order without violence. Right. And, and without so, overlords. I'm, there was, you know, there was a moment where that neighborhood existed for yeah. me growing up. And I guess what I'm saying is, is even if it is just, you know, whether it's your street or whether it's yeah. the people that, you know, you choose to hang yeah. out with. Or you don't whatever. have to dedicate your whole life to rebuilding an entire structure of the way we operate or, or the structurelessness of, of society. You start with having a potluck in the, in the block. Yeah. You know, you know, if that's, if that's where, if that's where you can start, you know, but wherever that is, there's a little, you know, that just to start to build that little, that little piece of community and, and looking out for one another, you know? Yeah. If I was uh, in a context like that and I wanted to have some people out 
say bring out your uh, vegetarian potluck uh, fun <laughs> times and uh, have the kids come out and we'll have some games and maybe we'll see if we can get Wooden Shoe Ramblers to play this song, Sand Hills. Peace upon peace, friends. I am nothing but a man Made my life upon the land West Wisconsin is my home In a town of farms and mills High up in the driftless hills Where as a boy I'd roam Those sand hills would remain Until the company came
best way Some people say Power our country It seems a damned high cost When there's so much to be lost there.